0: morning, Champa Bay. Good morning. And I, and I, and I just want to speak to this as a, uh, as a true Tampanian. I don't even know if that's a word. Um, But uh, born here, I, I, uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, I was at the Bucks games with a a lot of Green Bay Packer fans and uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings fans. So uh, you know, Morgan said, as far as Champa Bay, it means more to me than it does to him. He's from Jacksonville. He doesn't get it. I mean, I appreciate him saying it matters, but he doesn't get it. I get it. Um, my sons will get it. No, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's great. And I'm so glad that, uh, yeah, it's cool for our city, even in the midst of this uh, pandemic, to, to have this... Um, kind of unexpected um, blessing that we have. Um, and so this morning, I want us to look at Psalm 73. And so if you have your Bibles, um, I want you to turn to Psalm 73. So I was, um, I was 15 years old, and my youth pastor who changed my life, Craig Swartz, said, we're going to go on a missions trip, and we're going to go to Jamaica In fact, we're not just going to go to Jamaica like Montego Bay or Negril. We're going to go into the poor mountains of Jamaica. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to do these kind of youth concerts, and we're going to share our faith. And here's what I didn't realize. Um, I, you know, my my father is a pathologist, and I was born with money. And I never had to worry about it. my father loved the Lord, a humble man, but I never worried about money. And I thought, you know, when you are in 8th grade and you're going to Colorado skiing and you go to private school, this is like uh the blessing of God, right? This is this is means you've made it. And so it's the summer of 1990 and we go to the mountains of Jamaica and I have, you know, I never, it never registered for me what poor was. And so we're, we're you know, kind of on this, in this sugar cane truck, 60 of us were on the back of it. And we go up to these mountain churches and we put on these concerts. And these people had nothing. But you know what I realized when I talked to them is some of them knew the Lord. And what I didn't realize was they were richer than I was. I'm like, I can go to Steamboat Springs, Colorado, and and ski for five days. Um, my my father's a doctor. I don't have to worry about whether or not my tuition is getting paid when I go to Wheaton College or I go to Florida State University, because my dad made so much stinking money. And then I realized these guys have nothing, but you know what they have? They have the Lord. And you know what I realized? Some of them, I mean, we got to share our faith with those that didn't know the Lord, but some of them were so content. Like they didn't need me. They didn't need a choir to come and tell them that God was awesome. They were completely satisfied in the Lord. And when we look at the book of Psalms, you know what Psalms is? Psalms is simply this it's singer songwriter. If you think of song, singer-songwriter, you think of Simon and Garfunkel, right? Yeah, come on, come on, help me. Sound of silence, come on. Bridge over troubled waters, help me. So it's Psalm 73. And Asaph, that's the writer of the psalm. You know who psalm is? It's Paul. He, where's Paul? Paul here? No, he's not here. He's in the back. Probably, I bored him last first service too much, so he's in the back. It's, it's the worship director. That's who's writing this, this, this psalm that I'm going to talk about. It's the worship director. It's, psalm, it's, it's, it's Paulie on the keyboard. And you know what he writes? Here, here, this is, a, this is a, the worship director writing this to our church, right? Psalm 73. Here we go. He starts out by saying, Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. So Paul, writes a song and he says, surely God is good to those who love me. And then things change. Let me, let me get real. Let me, let me actually have a real conversation with us. If I'm the worship director at Westtown Church, but as for me, Asaph writes. And remember this, Asaph was a Levite. He was like... I mean, if you were a Hebrew, he was the Hebrew of Hebrews. If you're a Levite, you were in the like in, in the good old boys club. You were as 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 close as you could come to like you, you you made it. You had it. And here's what the worship right, the worship director at Westtown Church writes this. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I'd nearly lost my foothold. Here's what I did. For I envy the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. When I saw people come into Westtown and make 250000 a year or 100000 or 150000 a year, you know what? I was what? I was jealous of them. That's what the writer is saying. I was envy. I envy the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. I knew when people come into Westtown and they, you know what? They made a ton of money, but you know what? They really didn't love the Lord. In fact, they just wanted Westtown for its youth group because we have a really good youth group here. And so, you know what? People send their kids here so that they can have a great youth experience. And so what I saw was, like Polly writing this, I I, I needed to write a song about watching their kids being sent up to the second story and saying, you know what? I saw the prosperity of people that don't know the Lord, the prosperity of the wicked. You know what I realized? Verse four, they have no struggles. <laughs> Their bodies are healthy and strong. I mean, like Cosmopolitan magazine, put them on the cover. Muscle and fitness, put them on the cover. That's what they are. That's who these, Christi- uh, these people are. They are free from common human burdens. They are plagued by human ills. And you know what? I'm going to write a song, and that's the first verse. Why do I look out into the, con- into the congregation, and I see people that I know don't really love the Lord? I'm just going to write a song, G, right? I'm going to write it in G, so the four chord is, is the C, and then I'm going to go to D, and then I'm going to go to E minor, and I'm going to go back to G. I'm going to write a song. And that's all the psalms are. That's all. That's all it is. Songs written by men who were worship directors. Some, we heard from Jacob last week, from Moses. Sometimes it was David. Sometimes it was Solomon. And then here, it's Asaph. He was the worship director. It's Polly. Polly, I'm sorry for this. Please don't be mad at me, but this is the truth. And then... He says, I can't stop there. You know what? I'm going to keep going on because you know what? In the book of Isaiah, it says the crooked people, it says the crooked life is crooked and I need to make it straight. So if you hear Handel's Messiah, I need to make the crooked straight. Life is crooked. And so he says, therefore, verse six, therefore pride. Here's the singer songwriter. He's got his guitar out. I prefer a mandolin, which I love. Um, Therefore, mandolin is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts come iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. They scoff and they speak with malice. With arrogance, they threaten oppression. Yeah, they may come to church a few times on a Sunday, But here, we're July 2021, and in the foyer, after the church is over, after service is over, you know what? Their their true hearts come out. Their, Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in what? In abundance. Like thirsty what? Like thirsty puppies. We have this bee bowl. It's three-fourths um, a bulldog, American bulldog, and one-fourth beagle. It's a bee bowl, you know? But you didn't know that. It's a little extra for your <laughs> sermon here. Um, and he cannot stop. Like Lou, my wife, Lou will just say, coach, stop. Stop because he's lapping up water so fast that he'll wa- lop it up so fast, lap it up so fast that he'll throw it up because it's too much, right? <laughs> like, like, you don't understand what's happening. You don't understand what's, what's going on here. You're like a thirsty puppy. And that's what the world is like when they come and they look at the world. And so this Asaph, that's who write, wrote this psalm, is writing a song and he's saying, you know, like, Simon and Garfunkel hmm? right sound of silence like i 'm going to pierce through all the fluff, and i 'm going to give you guys some type of song that 's going to transform your life because here 's what he 's saying is life is crooked when I look into the congregation at you know eleven sixteen on july the 11th 7 11 2021 you know what it doesn't seem right and then they verse 11 says what how would god know does the most high know anything in other words they're saying verse 11 is saying is god really involved and some of you may be asking that right now is god really involved in this like for real Like we're coming and we're like singing praise songs and our kids go to kid's town and they go to the nursery and then they go up to kid's town. You know, some of your junior high or senior high kids go up to Sunday school up there. Like really what's happening? Is this just like a, a thing? How would God know? Does the most high know anything? This is what the wicked are like. Here's what I realize. When I look out into the congregation, says Asaph, they're always free of care. You know what they do? I look on Facebook, and they're like having a Bud Light, and everything's cool. <laughs> Why? Why every time I get on Facebook, they're having a Bud Light, and they seem like they're having a ton more fun than I am. Like, what's going on? Like, what, what is actually happening? And I cannot keep this microphone on my head. And I don't know. I think, you know what I've realized? I have small ears. I think I have small ears. But I'm trying not to, like, but I think I really do. I've prayed about this. God, make me have bigger ears. Okay, this is weird. This is awkward. I'm trying to, like, get that in place. Sorry about that. I know. I'm feeling very self-conscious. This is what the wicked are like. They're, they're, you know, you interview them after the game, and you know what? They keep getting million-dollar contracts. They're amassing wealth, right? Verse 12. Verse 13. So, surely in vain, in vanity, I've kept my heart pure. Not really. And I've washed my hands in innocence. Maybe this is you, and maybe you need to sing this song. Maybe this is you this morning. Because I know in preparing for this this week, man, this is me. And if I just want to fake it, man, first, first verses of this, yes. All day long, right? All day long, I feel afflicted and every morning brings new punishments. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children, God. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. i want to go to the first point here, though. Go back one. Let's go. Yeah, can we go back? Uh, the big point. Yeah. I want to ask you this. When you, when you sing a song to God, do you care more about what it sounds like, or do you care more about honesty? Because I think a lot of in this room... You just want it to sound right. You really don't care that you're honest. I want you to flip it. Because the thing that matters the most is you're honest with him. Because Asaph, the worship director of this church, he doesn't get it. And he is saying, you know what? I'm looking out and I'm seeing the evil prosper. And maybe you're seeing in your subdivision right now, you're seeing all these people that make a ton of money. You're seeing, a, you're seeing families that seem more happy than yours seem. And you're like, what is going on? I thought this was the truth. I get it. That's why you have to be honest. And you cannot play church. And so let me tell you, don't even come here on Sunday if you're just doing mechanical repetition. Don't show up. That's what I realize Psalm 73 says. If you're here simply out of repetition or out of I I should or I ought to, don't do it. Because you know what he wants from you? Be honest with him. Like say the hard prayer. Say, I'm turning to my right and to my left, to the east and to the west. And here's what's happening. They're prospering. And you know what? They don't love you at all, Jesus and they're prospering they their their salary package went from 100,000 to 250,000 and you know what schools their kids can go to have you seen the, the vacations that their kids can that their families can go to do you know what they've done in the past in the midst of a pandemic are you kidding me that's what i love about the Psalms. Here's what Martin Luther says. It's the anatomy of the heart. You cannot fake it, man. And some of us in this room, you've come in here, and the whole goal is for you to fake it. You're just trying to get through. It's 1122, right? You're thinking, Longhorns, if I can get before the the big rush, right? Chili's the rush comes. You know, get get through it. No. Don't even show up, he's saying. Honesty... What? Honesty with God. Transparency. To be courageous is for you to be honest with God. When's the last time, and I'm preaching to myself, when's the last time you said a prayer that you know just absolutely seared your heart? I said, okay, I'm not doing, I'm not playing church. I'm not playing religion. Here's what I've learned. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ, so I'm going to be honest. Some of you you need to live that out. You said it during your interview, become a member here at Westtown, but you know what you haven't done in the past two or five or eight years? You really haven't lived it out. And let me ask you, dads, moms, if your kids stared at you, would they say, you know what? Here's what I loved about my mom. And she just said it to God, all this stuff. She said it. She said it about an next door neighbor. She said about the mom, dads your sons stare at you and they say what's my dad what, what does he really care about is it really the lawn <laughs> right the lawn i need to edge better which frankie needs to edge better it's supposed to be funny right. no what it matters is no where are you with the lord And so we're walking through this singer songwriter, Simon and Garfunkel. Right, he's writing this song. The worship director is saying, "Surely, this is what the wicked are like. They're carefree. Surely, in vain I've kept my heart pure, and I've washed my hands in innocence all day long. I've been afflicted, and every morning it's it's, it brings new punishment because I'm staring at my next door neighbor, and they're being like they're making more money." They're like actually going to move out of our subdivision to this subdivision. God, why are you prospering someone who does not love you? Many of us as Christians, we ask that all the time. But you don't pray it. It's the internal, right? It's the internal question. But you need to say it to him. You you need to say God. I need to what? I need to be honest with you because it's more important than me coming to a Sunday morning service and just have this mechanical repetition. Here's what we do: we sing four point five songs, do this, Frank does this thing. Oh, we get to take the Lord's supper. Marvelous. Well, be, 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 be. Sad. Asaph Psalm. Seventy-three saying, "Stop! Don't do this." And then we get to the change. We get to the turning point. Asaph writes, "If I had spoken out like that, I I would have betrayed your children." When I tried to understand all this, God, you know what it did? It troubled me deeply. Until what? And this is where everybody in this room, you should feel so encouraged. Because you are doing what Asaph says. It's the turning point of this song. Until what? I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. Then I understood it. In other words, here's what we do. We look horizontally out. And what are we doing here? The whole turning point of this song is this. Stop looking out. You know what I want you to do, Westtown? Look up. Stop looking out and look up until I entered the sanctuary of God. And that's where you are in this moment. You are in the sanctuary of God. And you know what we're all doing this, this moment is we are looking up. That's what all the songs of this worship service are about, looking up then you know what? You will understand your next-door neighbor's final destiny. You will understand it because it's not pretty. If you really think about it, when you start looking up and you realize he is the point, why am I looking out instead of looking up? Why do I do this? All of life for me and anxiety has been what comparison? My weight, my, my accomplishments, my whatever. You fill in the blank. Right? My height, I feel horrible about that. Very short. Okay. Surely, God, you place them on slippery ground. Surely, you cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors? They are like what? They are like a dream when one awakes. When you arise, O Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. You know what? Here's what happens. When you look at the Lord, when you look up and then you look out, but you first look up, you rub your eyes, right? What you do, we wake up and you rub your eyes and you look out then and you realize, oh my goodness, you know what? They have My next-door neighbor, though they make $250,000 a year, and they went to Vail or Steamboat Springs on a winter vacation, you know what they have? Nothing. I sat with them, and they sat with my daughter and their daughter's friend, and I sat with them. I had a conversation. You know what I realized they had? They had money and stuff. But ultimately, you know what they had? Says Asaph, nothing. And the world... When we read this out loud, you know what it says to us? It says they have something. And you have to choose to believe that they have nothing. How suddenly are they destroyed? They get cancer. You know what happens when their dad gets cancer? They come to church because they have no hope. You know what? They get a blood test, and they come to church, and they say, Frank, oh, my gosh, I'm so nervous. And you realize, yeah, they're kids. Man, you see their SAT score? You see what church they got in or schools they got into? But then you go to, and you realize they have nothing. And that's why Asaph is writing this song. They are like a dream when one awakes, and all of a sudden, you, Lord, you're going to despise them as fantasies because you know what the Lord says about these people that you aspire to be like you want to have make as much money or you feel like you need to, you know what, you know what the Lord says? The Lord says, you know, you will, Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. In other words, you know what it's saying? And I don't know if you believe this, but this is what the Bible says. There's nothing to them. Watch a tragedy come to th- your next door neighbor who has, has has every prosperity or blessing ever. And then watch a tragedy come. And you know what? This song it reads them like the Bible reads us. And it says, you know what? They have nothing. So, students, what if you go to Sickles High School or Cambridge Christian or Calvary or you know, um, you go to any 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 high school around here and you say, you know what? Here's what I have. I'm not going to look out. I'm going to look up. Sunday morning is the most important thing because it trains me to look up instead of looking out. And you know what the world tells me to do? It tells me to look out. But this song, this singer-songwriter, Asaf, tells me to look up. And that's what I'm going to do. Because here's the point. Here's what we know. And this is verse 21. Let's go to the next 21. Oh, yeah, this is good. If you can see, if you cannot see good in your future, the problem is not with God, but it's with your vision. And many of us think the problem is God because you're staring out and you think the problem is him and he's not in control, and he is. But all you're doing is saying, okay, here's what the future looks like. And till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their financial, or the, then I tr- then I understood their final destiny. Are you looking up? Or are you looking out? Plain, simple. Are you looking up? Or are you looking out? Because it's easy for me, even during this pandemic. Like you know, the, you what know, they said: twenty uh, churches are losing twenty percent of their attendees, their members through covid that's the point no the point is not that doesn't matter the numbers or the nickels or the noses the point is is that we're all looking up and so asaph continues on he says look here's the here's what i went through when verse 21 when my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered now think about that When my heart was grieved. In other words, when you feel pain, you have a choice. It's progression, right? So some of us have experienced pain in this room. Maybe, you know, someone close to you has hurt you. You have a choice to deal with this pain, to move from what? Being grieved into what? Moving into bitterness. When my heart was grieved and my spirit was embittered. He is saying, this is what I allowed to happen. Yeah, Heaven's not in here. Uh, Jesus hasn't come back yet, and I've experienced pain. You know what's happened? Pain has progressed into bitterness. Verse 22. Then what happens? You lose, literally, you lose your sense. Think about this. If someone's hurt you, maybe someone's broken up with you or someone has betrayed you, you then say, I'm moving from pain, maybe your father or mother or, or wife or husband or father, whatever it is. You, you move from grief and pain into bitterness. And then what happens? I was senseless. In other words, here's what happens. When you become bitter, you stop being able to sense things. You lose your heart. You know that. When your heart gets hard, you can't sense things anymore. You can't feel When the spirit moves in your life and that begins to work itself. And then what happens? I was senseless and what? Ignorant. What do you do? You ignore things. That's all ignorant means. You ignore when the spirit moves in your life because you haven't sensed things. Because pain has moved to bitterness. Bitterness has moved to senselessness. Senselessness has moved to ignorance. Don't lie to yourself. Please, don't do that getting a new mic next week. How many in this room are so hard that you stop sensing things? In fact, you ignore things. No, whatever. Come on. Church, Bible, small group, whatever. I am sensing anything. That's right. Because your pain has moved you to bitterness and bitterness has moved you to senselessness and senselessness has moved you to ignorance. And you don't even realize it. Satan does. He's pumped about it. That's where I want. That's where Satan wants us to be. And then it says, I was a brute beast before you. That's right. You become the beast in your home. What's it like for you to be in your living room, to sit on your couch? If you've been hurt, move to bitterness, move to senselessness, move to ignorance. Yet, here's, what, here's the beautiful thing. And here's how much God loves you. And as much as you feel bad right now, and you think, oh my goodness, the Bible literally is convicting me the spirit of God in the word of God that's inerrant and that's filled with the Holy ghost. It's 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 um, it's right now it's convicting you. Here's what, here's the beautiful thing. Here's the gospel yet. Here's what God says. I'm always with you. You, the writer is saying you, God, I don't hold you. You know what God does to you? He holds you by the right hand. You know, when you're, Picked and you're mad, you know what he does to you? He grabs your hand and he says, Nope, you don't choose me because you don't want to choose me. No one in this room, when you're in a bad place, wants to be around God, but here's how much God loves you. He grabs your hand and he says, I will not let you go. That's how much I love you. You, verse 24, you guide me with your counsel, in other words, with scripture, with your word you take me into what? Into glory. You think you're here because you're grabbing onto the hand of God. Nope. No, he grabs onto you and you are running from him. And he says, I will not let you go. I will grab your hand. I choose you. You do not choose me. That's how much I love you. That's the gospel, right? You are like sheep that have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. The prophet Isaiah. No, God says, you, I will grab onto your hand. And you know what? God, you will take me into what? Into glory. You know where that word from comes from? That means you, God, you will take me into singing. This is what we sing at the end of our, song, of, end of our church service, the doxology. You will sing me into what eternal life. And yes, that is one day later. But you know what? I think some of us need to remember. It's right now. When Jesus said to Peter and to Jesus says to John and to James, he goes, the kingdom of God is here. You know what some of you are missing out on? The kingdom of God is right now. I want to give you eternal life right now. Yes, one day you have life insurance, but You are missing out. And here is a worship director trying to tell us, you can have it right now. In the last last verses. Whom have I in heaven but you, God? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. So literally, the whole emotion of this singer-songwriter has changed. From I'm staring out at the prosperous world to you, God... Here's what it says. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You know what? My skin is going to sag. My bones will get brittle. You know that. It will. But God is my rock firm and faithful God. Those who are far from you will perish. If people walk away from you, they may make a ton of money and you may stare at them on Facebook for the next decade, but they will what? They will ultimately be destroyed. It's the truth. They will have nothing. When I think of you know, Tampa Bay, right? Who cares? We won the Stanley Cup in 2004. We won the Super Bowl in 2003. What does Tom Brady have? What's his Tom Brady? He has $25 million a year. He has a model wife and he has three beautiful kids. But if he doesn't know the Lord, here's what the singer songwriter says You have nothing. I hope he, for some reason, clicks on this on YouTube and hears that. He has nothing. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far off from you will perish. Last verse, you destroy all who are unfaithful. We know those that don't know the Lord are destroyed. But, but for me, what? It is good to be near God. So let me just tell you this. If you want the solution to your problems, it's this. Let's go to the next slide. It's the nearness of God. You want a solution? It is God. It is good for God to be near to you because here at the very end, I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. In other words, the sovereign Lord is in your living room. So when we walk out of here and you go home and you sit on your, you know, whatever you call those L-shaped things in living rooms. We just bought one. I can't even remember the name of it. What is it called? Sectionals. Sectionals. You're sitting on your sectional in your home where you are are so at home, right? You do things you would never do and, and your mother and your father, your brother and your sister come in and you're there. God is saying that, right? That, I need to be, that is what it should feel like for you to be with me. It is the solution to your problem, the nearness of God. The worship director says, the sovereign Lord, I've made my living room. It's my kitchen. It's my bedroom. It's my home. That is the solution. I'm going to sing you this song in the first and the second and the third and the fourth verses are all going to be about when I, when I look out. But here's the, the transition. When I look up and he is my living room, he is my kitchen. He's in my bedroom. And then you know what it says? I will what? I will tell of all your deeds. That's the last section of this whole verse, or of this whole Psalm. God is home. And when you're, when you feel most comfortable with the nearness of God and God, being with God is like being in your living room. You know what it says? I will tell of all your deeds. You know what it says? Let's invite people over. Here's what I do. When the nearness of God is in me, you know what I do? I just invite people over for a barbecue. and I'm going to tell them about it. Because I don't have to look out anymore. I look up. That's what the singer songwriter, that's what Psalm 73 says to do. I don't look out. I don't care what people make. I don't care how much she weighs or he weighs. I don't care what their, what school their son or their daughter got into. I don't care. I don't look out. I look up. And the nearness of God is him being in my living room Him being in my kitchen Him being in my bedroom. And then you know what I do? Here's what I do. I invite people over. That's what Christians do. We just invite people over and say, you know what? Hey, Let's feel comfortable in the what? In the grace and the mercy of Jesus. And that leads us right to the Lord's Supper. And that's why we take the Lord's Supper. Because all of this, this was written right after Solomon. What, what are we talking, like 950 BC? 950 years later, after this singer-songwriter wrote this song, Here Comes Jesus. He goes, you want to know the nearness of God? It's not a tabernacle. It's not Zion. It's not, you know, the Shekinah glory in the Ark of the Covenant with Harrison Ford, right? You know what it is? It's Jesus coming out as a baby in Bethlehem. He grows up and he says, I'm from Nazareth. I know that doesn't seem like a whole lot, but you know what? I'm coming to change the world. And it's people in our world who believe that. Because you know what? I mean, there's a lot of reasons for people not to be a part of the church. But when Christians say, my only hope is looking up instead of looking out. When Christians say the church is about humility and not about power. It's about grace. And it's not about, hey, having this, you know, picture of this fortress. It's about Jesus taking my hand instead of me taking his? Man, I tell you what, that 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 sucker's a game changer. And I want to tell you that that's what the gospel is. You didn't take God's hand, he took yours. That's how much he loves you. Where are you this morning? Asaph wrote a song for us. It's not by accident that you're here this morning. It's not by accident that you heard this song written from God to you your life is supposed to be changed because of the word of God where are you please do not leave here on 7-11 do not leave here like oh we got a lecture Bible lecture here for 30 minutes no I want you to take this on Monday change see your life change I want you to take it on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday let's see what God would do with his word let me pray en